Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another Raptured Millennials podcast. I'll be your host this evening. I'm Kyle Pickens. Uh, my co-host James asked me to come on with him on this project and work with him on this podcast, and I was happy to do so. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my first topics. Uh, I was looking at James, and if you haven't checked out any of his topics, you should totally do so. He's got a three-part series on why religion sucks, and he started his judgment series. So you should take a look at that. They're great. Um, but yeah, I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go with this. So I did some thinking, and I saw that I g I've gotten a lot of questions over the years. Okay, but what actually is the Bible? People just kind of take it for granted as the sacred text of Christianity, and it is. But there's so much more to it, and I just kind of want to start an overview of that today. And then, depending on how this goes, maybe for the next couple podcasts, I'll go ahead and try to give a timeline of the Old and New Testaments. Uh, if this is something you're interested in or you have any other topics, please feel free to contact us on our Facebook page at Raptured Millennials Podcast or by emailing us at our email, rapturedmillennial at gmail.com. So to start off, I want to kind of go over what the Bible is. So it's a sacred text in Christianity, obviously, which is also used by Mormonism and Islam, and half of it is a sacred text in Judaism. It's broken up into two testaments. You have the Old Testament, or the Tanakh, and you have the New Testament. For our purposes, we're going to start with the Old Testament. The Old Testament starts with the Pentateuch, or the Torah, which are the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and those are attributed to Moses, having written those. It's broken up into three parts. You have the History and Law, which is from Genesis, up to Psalms. Then you have Poetry and Wisdom, which includes everything from Psalms up to Isaiah. Then you have the Prophets, which is the rest of the Old Testament. And that's broken up into the Major Prophets and the Minor Prophets. The difference between the Old Testament and the Tanakh, which would be thought of as the Jewish Bible, is basically the ordering and then the name of them. The Hebrews have kept their traditional names of the text and Christianity has given them more modern names, obviously translating it. When you go on from there, you then have the New Testament, which is called New as opposed to just one large testament because it depicts the coming of Jesus Christ in the establishment of the new covenant. The old covenant is the covenant that God made with the Israelites when he chose them as his chosen people and in the New Testament as foretold by the prophets is the coming of Jesus Christ the fulfilling of that covenant and the making of the new covenant for the Gentile and the Jew. The New Testament is broken up into four parts the first four books are the Gospels, which I'm sure everyone has heard at some point or another, and those are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
these depict the coming of Christ, his life, his ministry, all of it. You then move into the history of the early church, which is Acts, and written by Paul. You then have the epistles. These are letters to the early church, letters of guidance, of words of wisdom, of support. These are how it's laid out for how the church should act and how it should be structured. And many of these were written by and or attributed by Paul. And it's a, he's a thought to have written 14 books of the New Testament in total, which once you get down to that, there's 27 in the New Testament. I mean, it's pretty good. And then you have the last part of the New Testament, which is the prophets or revelations, which uh, prophecies the end times, as it were. The unique thing about the Bible and how it's so much different than many other religions out there is that it's thought to have somewhere around 35 to 40 authors across time. And this, this is huge because not only does it have that many different authors, but it doesn't contradict itself, which lends credit to the claim that it's divinely inspired. The oldest book in the Bible is actually Job, not Genesis. You'd think Genesis might be the oldest book because, hey, it talks about God laying the foundations of the world and the universe. He spoke and there was light. But no, and that's all attributed, as I said, to Moses. Job is before Moses' time and is a historical recording of the events of a certain part of Job's life. The current canonical Bible actually did not come about as we know it today until around 400 AD or in the 5th century. That is when the church back then all came together and decided, okay, what is going to be our official religious text? And they determined this by voting on what were inspired by God, what was divinely inspired. And then those were the books, the letters, the testaments that all made it in. They obviously kept the whole Tanakh, the Old Testament, and they reordered it a little bit. But they kept that because that tells us, that sets up, that sets the scene for when Christ comes into play. That's the whole, that tells the whole reason why he came in the first place. And it just gives everything that you could possibly need to know. So they kept that, and they said, this is going to be the Old Testament. And said, so what's going to be the New Testament? So they take the four Gospels that tell the story of Jesus Christ from four of his apostles. And then they go on, and they're like, we also need history of the church, which was written in Acts, and then you have the epistles and the revelations. And these were all voted to be divinely inspired works. There's also another part which is no longer considered a div fully divinely inspired work, and that's called the Apocrypha. And the Apocrypha's been around for a long time. It's actually used to be a part of traditional Judaism texts. 
and that is now still held in regard by some, mainly the Catholic Church, as a lesser inspired work. Meaning that they're not, it's obviously had some divine inspiration, but it's not on the same degree of level or importance as the current canonical Bible. This Bible was made before the church ever separated. The church has gone through a few separations. Uh, you guys may have learned about this in history class in high school, but the church had a great schism between the Catholic and the Orthodox churches, which basically came about when the bishop in Rome declared himself the Pope, which is to say the mouthpiece of God and above the other archbishops. The other archbishops obviously didn't take too kindly to that and said no. And so then the Pope did something and he's like, okay, you're all out of the church. And he excommunicated them. And so that archbishops, or now the Pope's sect of what was before the entire church, was now the Catholic Church. And then the other archbishops merely excommunicated the Pope, and they all kept running it as the Orthodox Church. The Bible was decided and came about before that, and, going, and has stood the test of time, basically, and has been held true and true, thick and thin, from then up till now. Another split in the church, which the Bible, again, survived through and actually got translated into common tongue, its first translation out of the Catholic's Latin Bible, being German, uh, was during the Protestant Reformation, led by Martin Luther. And no, that's not Martin Luther King. This guy came way before. And he was a Catholic monk who uh, uh, studied and became a theological professor in Germany. And he had some grievances with the Catholic Church. He said, no, I'm reading the Bible and the Old Testament and the New Testament and this just isn't what it says. And so he decides to split. Or rather, he makes his theses, which are his 99 theses, and he makes them and he nails them to the church door, saying this is what's wrong in the Catholic Church, hoping that he could get the attention of the Pope in Rome, because he believed in God ordaining the church and in the work of the church. He just thought, hey, we've gone astray. Maybe if I get these, it is, it'll get their attention. It's actually 95 theses. Sorry about that. But he's like, I'm going to nail these 95 theses, and maybe it'll get their attention. We can have some reform and all worship God as he intended. It didn't quite do what he had hoped. He actually got excommunicated from the church when he refused to back down from his principles. And that sparked a lot, a lot of problems, both politically and religiously, throughout that time. But what it led to was the foundation of the Reformed Church of Christ. And you may have heard of Reformed faith, and you may not know the difference. The difference is you have non-Reformed churches, which would be Catholic and Orthodox. And then you have the Reformed 
faith, which are everything that's not those two. And those came about after Luther split with the church. That's a short history and quick rundown of how the Bible came to be. I actually was expecting this to take a little bit longer, so I'm going to end a little bit short today. However, I do want to encourage everyone to please uh, send me their thoughts. Let me know if there's anything you want to know. I don't claim to know everything, but I will certainly try to answer your questions. And if I can't, I'm going to try and find someone who can. So please shoot us an email. Hit us up on Facebook. Let us know how you liked our podcast. If you haven't already, please check out James's podcast. As I said, he's done some great work so far. It's really thought-provoking and it gives you a really a new look on some things about religion. So please check those out and have a great night. Thank you for listening to the Raptured Millennial Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Also, you can email us at rapturedmillennial at gmail.com.